Welcome to Caravel, a podcast all about discovering stories and maybe something about yourself along the way. Uh, I am the producer here at Top Floor Studio. My name is Brad, and you're about to listen to two brothers uh, talk about uh, how their childhood shaped their lives. But also, uh, you may discover that you are reminiscing about your own childhood as they share their very, very incredible stories as well. So a little bit about our, our two guests. The Santos brothers, Rick and Ed, are sons of an immigrant mother from Portugal and a first-generation American father with Portuguese heritage. The brothers grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut. After college, Rick went into the nonprofit NGO arena and went overseas for 10 years, and Ed moved to Montana and started his own environmental science business. Rick now resides in Silver Spring, Maryland, a suburb of Washington, D.C., and Ed lives here in Helena. And these are their stories. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Good, Ed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So yeah. this is... You're wearing, uh, hold on, I can see you're wearing a jacket. Are you, uh, is, it, is, it, is it cold in Montana? Yeah, it was a little chilly. It was like 50 degrees out this morning. Um, <laughs> so it was, because it, so, it was really rainy yesterday and, and the sun came out this morning, but it was still, we had a little bit of a cold front. So anyhow, this is, I think, number 10, right? Podcast episode 10. Um, it's definitely number 10. And, uh, yeah, I think actually I was just going to say laugh because, uh, today was like, it's like been like 90 degrees all week. And, oh. and, uh, I mean, I'm, it's just like, it's just un almost unbearable to go outside uh, oh for gosh. any period of time. It's, you know, beyond let's say 9 AM. So seeing oh, you in man. a, seeing you in a jacket and a shirt, I'm like, <laughs> I know it's almost noontime here and it's still kind of chilly out. Um, and in fact, I was thinking of going for a bike ride today because it's like, I love riding in this type, this temperature. Oh yeah. You know, when the oh, sun definitely. is out and it had rain. So the trails are really like sticky. Um, and you know, it can go a little faster on my bike. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. So anyways, um, for mountain biking anyways. Uh, so you want to talk about uh, how I came out to, Montana and how you, yeah. how you ended up where you ended up, right? So, yeah, I think, you know, I think this is what, so this is episode 10. We've done TED podcasts. We've kind of spent some time uh, looking back at growing up. I think the idea, I think in the original podcast, you know, where we talked about, you know, how do two, two, two guys grow up, growing up in the same town, same family, all the same, many, yeah. many similar experiences make such different choices. So I think this is the, the final, final episode of this kind of series. And, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to start with, or talk about like, you know, for example, why you decided to, to move to Montana, like what, what drew you there? What, what pulled you there versus someplace else? Uh, right. Um, so, you know, I loved going out. So my childhood probably framed why I came out to Montana in, in a way, because the woods in the back, the brook in the backyard, um, I loved just hiking and going out and exploring, even though they weren't huge, uh, the, the small woods that we did have, um, the, I, I just loved going out there. So... Um, one of the things that I, I remember doing 
growing up was kind of thinking about being like a survivalist. Like if, and, and I no, still I remember that. I remember you, you were actually, you so before you came to Montana, you, you were in the West, but you spent some time in Arizona. Is that right? Well, yeah, I did with Susan. Right. Um, and I did uh, SCA, Student Conservation Association. And I worked uh, in Tucson for um, the, the winter uh, season at that time at the uh, in the Catalina Mountains um anyways uh but I loved and one of the one of my favorite authors kind of um survivalist and I don't mean survivalist in the like hoarding guns and like hiding away with you know and waiting for the world to come to an end like a nuclear shelter yeah, in the, right yeah like not, dug not out of the, into the kind ground of survivalist <laughs> but right, more right. like living off the land you know if if I was plopped in the woods you know, somewhere in some remote country, uh, you know, I could survive. And, you know, I probably couldn't, frankly, but, but that's, <laughs> right. I, I thought that was cool. You know, I thought that would be a kind of a cool thing to know and how to do. So, um, and one of the, one of my favorite book series that I read was the Tom Brown book series, which, you know, he was, he was this white kid who was kind of raised by a Navajo uh, Native American and shown how to um, basically live in the in the in the wilds, and how to track animals, and um, eat eat the right um, uh, uh, plants, and know the medicinal values, and know you know, and and so it was really cool. I thought that was really cool, and so I kind of studied that a little bit growing up. And part of that was because I loved roaming the woods, and I loved going down into the to the brook and, and catching animals and, and, and that kind of thing. So, um, and I guess Montana represents that to a lot of people. It represented that to me living in Connecticut for sure. Right. Right. Uh, right. Um, Big sky, the great outdoors. I yeah. mean, the West, the Rocky mountains, you have, yep. you have it all. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's, I think, you know, it, Cumulative, uh, cumulative. It's sort of brought me all those experiences and ideas. Uh, eventually, brought me to Montana, and I got married in Connecticut. I met Alice, my wife, in Connecticut at work, um, and she wanted to come out west as well. She wanted to go to grad school in Colorado, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to go to like Denver or Boulder. It's so crowded there. Um, it's not my idea of this, you know, uh, living out in nature more. Um, right. Although it is the people that are there are very much in tune, I think, with that ideal as well. Um, like you said, I was at working, f I worked for the SCA, uh, Student Conservation Association, um, in Tucson for a season. And Susan lived out at Los Alamos and... We loved, I loved that area of, no, of New Mexico. So you spent, I remember you spent what? You spent like three or four months, six months, uh, just kind of hanging yeah, out at I Sue's did. place? Yep. It was probably yeah. close to six months at Susan's. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and in that course, well, so I went from Tucson to New, to, um, to Los Alamos or White Rock where she lived. And yeah. I love that area. I really wanted, and this was before I met Alice, my wife. And so, um, so I love that area. So then what I, f I couldn't find work out there. And essentially, uh, Uncle Carl helped me get a job, or he had a lead for me to interview for at TRC, which is an environmental firm. 
And I went back to Connecticut to interview and I got the job. So, so now I'm back home living with mom and dad working, working. And that's where I met Alice. And so then she wanted to come out West and I really wanted to go out West. She wanted to go to Colorado. I wanted to go to New Mexico. We compromised on Montana. (laughs) <laughs> and right, she right. went to grad school. Isn't, isn't that always how it works? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so, so, um, so she got. She wanted to go to grad school. So she, we went. She went to University of Montana um, to the EVST program because she was also in the environmental field, and they had an excellent uh, environmental program. So uh, she, we didn't make any comp. She didn't make any compromises getting into that program uh, from Boulder. So. Um, so yeah, so we went to Missoula. Uh, I liked Missoula, but um, I ended up getting a job in Helena, and because Helena is the capital, and um, as far as consulting goes, which was I had experience now in, in consulting, um, so I got a job in, in Helena. So then we moved to Helena, and we just never left. We're still here. So. Right. Because right. Helena right. is such a great town. It's such a great city for raising a family. Um, it reminded me a lot of, of West Hartford, in fact. Uh, the smallness of the community, even though, uh, you know, Helena is one of the larger cities in Montana. Right. Um, it's still really small compared to most places. So, um, and being in Montana, I got into fly fishing, um, I got into hunting, uh, and so I did maintain that sort of ideal. I, I wasn't so extreme that I'm going to go out uh, with just the you know the clothes on my back and, and try to live off the land. <laughs> right, right, but right. Uh, anyways, yeah. It, so that's what Montana represented to me. So it was, and, and it still does to some extent. Um, and I love it. And I love it. And raising my kids here is was such a great thing to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know you have a lot of opportunities. You started your own business. Yeah. Um, you know, Alice started her business. Uh, yep. You guys have done done really well. You've been successful. So yep. I remember, I want to just jump in here a little bit. I remember, so I was, I was actually just finished my, I think I had just finished my, um, my three years in Thailand. So, so, you know, I went to Thailand. Uh, I was, I was looking for an overseas experience. I wanted to work, um, and, and, um, just, just felt really compelled and pulled to, 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 to be a volunteer, to work with the church. And so I ended up teaching at a place called Bangkok Christian College. And we can get into that in a little bit. But I wanted to say that after my three years were done, so it was like, I think it was 1990. And I think that was the first time I came out to visit you guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I literally, I remember I had one of these, you know, the, back in the day, they, they had the, they sold these tickets for students who could, who could literally just, uh, um, um, walk, basically you, you, they were like in segments. So I bought like eight segments. And, and so when I flew back to the States, I ended up flying to like a bunch of different places because right. I wanted to visit them. So, um, so one of those places was Montana. And I remember, so hanging out with you, I, you know, I remember staying in the basement of your house yep, downtown in Helena. Um, I remember we, we went, uh, we did a soak. Is that what you call it on the on the Blackfoot? No, a float. We floated, Sorry, we floated call the it a Blackfoot. Soak. A float. I guess I got soaked, right? Yeah, maybe you I got, fell in you a maybe lot. got soaked a little bit. I know Alice got um, soaked because she fell off the boat during that trip and was just I, I re- like hung on to the anchor line or something. <laughs> 
but, <laughs> I but remember that <laughs> because we hit we oh. hit a pretty big wave. Uh, anyways, yeah, that was um, that was a really fun experience when you came out, um, and it was you know we did that section where that movie the river runs through it. You know, it was kind of yep. filmed and and uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that was really fun. Well, I remember also you driving so near where your cabin is now. I remember driving around. You and I, yep. um, you know, drove through Butte. Um, we drove through was is is that Georgetown Lake? Well, Anaconda. Um, yeah, we went Butte yeah. and then Anaconda. And yeah. I'm not sure if we went to Phillipsburg then. I, I don't think so. But. I don't think so. I don't think yeah. we, I definitely don't, don't remember Phillipsburg, but I, I do remember, you know, driving around. I remember you and I also did mountain biking. Yep. We did a bit of hiking. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, I think, I, I think I visited you guys twice um, while I was single before, before I got married. And then I, I think I came out once when I think Silvana came out with me when she was pregnant. Right. So, she did. yep. But, um, so yeah, so I just, I just remember just loving, uh, uh, those visits. I loved, I mean, I loved the small town feel. Yeah. I remember we went and we played, we went one night, we went out uh, to dinner with a bunch of your friends and then you and I went to some place and played pool and had, had beers. Miller's Crossing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So yeah, no, but I just, I just remember, uh, so just, just really having a, a really, uh, really liking Montana and, uh, thinking, you know, yeah. For me, you know, I actually lived in Denver for two years and right. loved Denver a lot. Loved the West, loved being, you know, I was teaching uh, uh, public high school um, at the time. Yeah. But I really uh, loved Denver, but I, I just, I felt, I mean, I wanted to live overseas again. Definitely felt like that was my pull. So, you know, ended up never doing that long term. But, but, uh, but yeah, just, um, yeah, those were good. Those were good visits. I, I definitely remember. I think I was the first one, maybe maybe the first uh, of our siblings to visit you. I think you um, were. Yeah, abs- yep. Yeah. And I definitely, I feel I hold the record for the most visits out there. Yeah, you definitely do. So. There's no, no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. mom and dad have been out two or three times. I mean, they haven't been out a ton, but... Um, and Sue has been out. Charlie has never been out. <laughs> He's right. the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. So let's talk about you, um, out to, uh, going out to Thailand originally. That was your first out of country. Um, you know, what drove you? So you, so I kind of t- talked about what drove me and, and, you know, why I came out to Montana, you know, f- because yeah. it, it spawned in, spawned from being a, a child living in on the dead end street near the woods and brook and that sort of thing. So what 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 was it? You're growing yeah. up that you know I, you know I, you know. Frankly, I sometimes I have no idea. I I, I feel like I th- try to think about that every once in a while, reflect on that, trying yeah. to figure that out, and I, and I have no idea. All all I remember is when even when I was younger, like this idea of living overseas. So maybe it was, you know, I remember actually watching some, you know, on Saturday morning, you know, I, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm getting this all wrong. There's a show called the big blue marble, right? I don't know if you remember right. that. It was just like, it was like a show of kids from other parts of the world. So right. I always liked that. Right. Um, and, and then, um, I think I remember just, just in my, you know, teenage years, early teenagers thinking I want to do the Peace Corps. Like I want to, 
just wanted to live overseas. D- didn't don't know why. Just just yeah. had that that yeah, motivation. Yeah, you thought that was cool, and you wanted to do that, right? Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't know what around us. I mean, maybe I can take. Maybe if I if I really want to stretch it a little bit, it was that you know we talked about the year that we lived in California. Yeah. I think that might have had something to do with it because you know that year was a really different year for us. It yeah. was you know you got to we got to meet kids from like just just different different ethnic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds right. and ways that we never had that, that same exposure in, in, uh, in West Hartford. Um, and I think, um, you know, just also the, all the stuff that we did, you know, you know, dad was on, it was a Stanford Sloan uh, right. fellow that year. And so we met all his like peers also from around the world and so forth. And I think maybe that year in California definitely maybe started, started the itch. Right. And so, uh, I just don't, you know, eventually then it took me, you know, what, so that was, we were nine and 10. So then I left when I was 24. So it took me 14 years to, to scratch that itch. So, right. wow. so um, but yeah, no, I, I really, and also I, I, I was, I, you know, I didn't have to be Asia. I, I think initially, I think I would have been open to going to Latin America, but I didn't speak Spanish. So that was always harder or Africa. Um, but, but, but there was also something about Asia that I felt really compelled about. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, so when I ended up Thailand kind of was by accident, I think I, I signed up for a couple of other places, I think Japan and China right. and, and ended up the, being put in Thailand. And so, so kind of, kind of a nice accident. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And it was, and, and then it was awesome. Uh, you know, I, I lived in Bangkok, which I thought was good. I, I don't think I could have lived in a really rural, small town, uh, Thailand. I think mm-hmm. it was just, you know, what I liked, I, I mean, I like big cities and I like being able to the anonymity because, you know, it, and I, I felt really for the volunteers that I went with who live in those small towns where they were like the absolute focus right. of like every single thing, everybody, it's like you couldn't do anything right. without, you know, five people watching and then sharing it with everybody else they knew. You and then you get out. back to school and they're like, hey, we saw, you know, you did this and you did that, you know. So, I mean, I'm not that. I mean, so so the temperament of some of the volunteers was much more, you know, easy in that way. And right. they, they didn't mind it. I think I would have been I felt claustrophobic to me. So. So being placed in Bangkok was, was, was really awesome. Right. And then that's really, frankly, the, for me, the ability to, to meet a lot of different, really interesting people at that time, yeah. uh, yeah. when, you know, there were still refugees from Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia on the Thai border. And then while I was there, the, the Burmese, uh, tried to have an election and then the yeah. government lost and then they stole it back and, right. and then people fled to the jungle. So then there was Burmese refugees and then they started their campaign on the ethnic groups. So, so yeah. I was in the, in, in, in Southeast Asia during that time. And it was really interesting to me right. and really, you know, I mean, set the stage for the rest of my, my life, but I love the little things about Thailand. I loved, first of all, just the, the way people were really, they, they call it the land of smiles and, and people are really, you know, in, um, how do you say, uh, really kind and, 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 and big hearted and, and, uh, helpful and, and, and they want to know you and they want to, you yeah, know, they're always yeah. saying something nice and kind and I love the food and, and got to really, you know, so got my I, spice tolerance so Rick, up and yeah. So, um, yeah. Who from the family visited you other than me? Because I came out to Thailand. <laughs> okay, okay, just mom so and dad. You know. So let me just so so mom and dad came out and that was it. 
Ah, us, so, me, mom, and dad. So just you and mom and dad. So, but the interesting thing is, I remember you coming out, right? So, like, I remember you and I. So, so in that day, yeah. everything there was no email, right? right? We weren't faxing, right? No. You could fax, but we weren't really. We didn't. No. We didn't have faxes, right? No, I didn't have a fax um, at home. Uh, you know, um, you know. So it was either by a telephone call or by letters, right? So we had to organize your trip to right. come out there. And I remember. So I think uh, I remember. I, I remember at being at Don Mueang Airport, right? So the old, the old Bangkok Airport, yep. and. And I remember, because that place was always like, you know, you, you kind of come out these doors and then you can go right or you can go left. And they're like literally 50 yards in e- either direction. So right. you had to guess where the person was or you had to do the walk twice or something. Right, but right. I remember being there waiting for you yeah. um, with my my friend Ajahn Sunit. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then I remember I couldn't really see who was coming because it was kind of dark too it was because it was a night flight it was one of those eleven thirty. right like all the flights from japan and europe descended at 11 o'clock at night in bangkok right and um and i remember just seeing like watching watching the crowd and i saw and i i i recognized you by your walk like i couldn't even see your face right but like i'm like oh, that's ed yeah i mean i i don't know how i knew i'm just like that's ed plus like, i was taller it, than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> well no, no, a lot of a lot of foreigners were getting off the plane. So that's true. There were so uh, yeah, so yeah, that was. But uh, I, rem- I yeah, think I, I remember said you, you were just like, like you look, you look completely out of water, man. Oh man, <laughs> I, that was the, my first like big, really well, my f- first trip to Asia, essentially, right? Right. right. And um, I was how old was I? Like twenty, I think. So I was. So I if um, you, let's just say you came. I was. That would have been, um, you were 24? Uh, no. You had to be um, older. Maybe I was older. No, no I was, I was, uh, I left, I, I I was there from 24 to 27. Yeah. So you must, so let's say I was 26, so you were 22. So, all right. Okay. So I was about 22. And I remember coming off the plane and seeing you down there and thinking, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. I have no idea where the hell I am. Everything was so different. Like yeah. all the sounds were different. The sights, you know, look, yeah. all the visual was different. All the yeah. smells were different. Yeah. There was nothing familiar about it. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was really scary. And I was by yeah. myself traveling and I yeah. never I don't travel like that generally. And so uh yeah, that was uh, a crazy a crazy trip. I remember I had to um uh basically when we got to your room we left pretty quick though for for down south we jumped on a bus pretty quick to head down to like so um, yeah so we went first we went south to the beaches and we did that yeah and then then we flew then we flew up or or we did it the opposite i'm not sure which no we we went to the beaches first because i remember i think but we went to the beaches first and that was really, that was interesting. I had like almost heat stroke because the sun was so intense. And this <laughs> right, is right, December, right. you know, it was like, right. yeah. And so, you know, we make it to the beaches and we had a great time. We, and then we came back to your apartment. And I remember you had to go into work or something for a day and you're like, I'm going to, you know, leave you alone. And I just needed to be left alone in a dark room. And without going out for like, you know, at least one day just to kind of to decompress because there so, was. See, I have, you know, it's so funny because I have a different memory of that. I, I remember taking you to to 
north. And I remember we went through one of these kind of traditional markets, which have the spices and the sounds and it's, it has the, the food, it has, it yeah. has everything like the, the, and I remember you just being overwhelmed yeah. by just all of the, yeah. like the market. And I remember it was either that, I thought, I thought I remember it was like, it might've been a couple times like, I had done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> right, I just right, needed maybe, to like, maybe. I just needed I remember like you were a just small like, tiny closet just to like shut everything out. Cause You're I just like, give to me like, a beer and leave me alone. I uh, know I had to just <laughs> right. like chill out first. It's like, Oh my God, everything is so different and foreign and you don't understand anybody, you know, right. and, and nobody speaks English or very few. Um, yeah. at least at that time. And yeah, I mean, food, sight, smell, everything was so different. It was, it was a great experience though. It was, I would not trade it for anything cause, um, it definitely opened my eyes to a, a, whole, a whole nother world and what, what it's like to live somewhere else. But yeah, you know, I oh, could yeah. sort of see yeah. that. Tr- I could see that how, you loved it and I could see why somebody would love traveling like that and seeing new things and yeah. new places and, because it does really open your horizons immensely. So, yeah. Yeah, it was so interesting because like I remember my first, you know, my first few months there, I wasn't great. I was, you know, we were in language school initially and my my, my tie was 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 never very good. It was good. It was good enough for me, but it was it was never actually very good. But I remember. Um, so then we went right from language school into teaching. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, we taught like one semester and then in Thailand they have like their basically version of the spring break is an October break. So it, like, there's like, um, it's like a fall, fall break. And then their big, their big break is actually in April, which is the, yeah. their hot season. Uh, so I remember that first fall where we had like a three week break. I was where all my uh, colleagues, all my volunteer uh, uh, friends, the people I came with were like, all right, I'm, we're going to study the language for another, you know, f- another month intensively and so yeah. forth. And I'm like, and I probably should have, it would have probably made my stay better. And, I, and I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to go to Nepal for three weeks. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was studying I mean, for three weeks. I'm going to Nepal. Right? Nepal. So I ended up like, I, I was just scraping up the money for a ticket. I did the whole backpacker thing, yeah. um, which I didn't really do in Thailand because I lived there and I, and I, and I worked for a school there and so forth. But in yeah. Nepal, like I had the backpack and, you know, fl- you know, flew into Kathmandu and, and, you know, ended up, did you um, put the Canadian, kind of, fl- Canadian maple leaf on nah. it? <laughs> <laughs> I hung out with Canadians, but I never did that. Yeah. So um, what about the, Amer- never the American flag? Cause you don't want to be like it, actually that day, I mean, that day and age was, was, it was very different, but I remember it was, just, it was really fun to, to kind of tour around and, and really get to see Nepal in another place. Um, and the Kathmandu Valley, which was amazing. And then the, you know, hiking into the mountains. Um, I did the Annapurna trek. Um, yeah. So, it was, so I, and I ended up actually, um, every year I would do some type of, uh, for where when at the end of the school year where my colleagues would go and do their thing, um, mostly language training. Right. Um, then I would, I would, you know, I didn't come home for three years. Right. So I left in, you know, uh, 87 and I didn't get back till 90. Yeah. So wow. it was really like three full years without, without, and you know, again, before internet, before video calls, before any of that, like I remember just literally the three week letter, right? So you'd write a letter and, right. and it would be, it would take about two to three weeks to get there. And then if you got a reply, so six weeks later, if people 
were pretty good about it, then you and you know that's how you. Our family has always been horrible about that stuff. So <laughs> right. you didn't hear. Yeah, yeah. At least you visited me. I don't think you probably wrote one yeah, letter. Yeah, I never but wrote at least you. you visited. Come on. I did. I do have a picture of you. You sent like it was a Christmas card or something, and you sent a picture of yourself on a boat, and I think you were like in Cambodia or something like that. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I don't think yeah. I wrote back though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no worries, no worries. I'll just hold it against you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you barely um, got phone calls because long distance cost extra money, and mom and dad. Oh, oh well, I mean, in that day, in that day, in yeah. the, in the in the late eighties, it was crazy expensive. Yeah. Like it was like you know, thirty minutes was like thirty or forty dollars, if right. not more. Yeah. So. And that was a lot. So yeah, I, I only did that when I was like, really just like, I was just, I needed to just hear a voice, you know, you like, right. you, 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 I, you know, I got overwhelmed a couple of times there and, yeah. and you know, everybody though, the, the groups I, you know, I worked for a group, a place called the church of Christ in Thailand. And then there was a lot of, you know, uh, missionary families and people and right. people were really kind, always kind and great. And, yeah. you know, um, and the school people or the school, um, staff were amazing, but I, you know, just, just sometimes you needed a break, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh, I just to hear something familiar. So, yeah, we all, I mean, it was, it was a crazy time. It was a fun time, but I, you know, but for me, that was the, you know, and, and to the, to this day, I mean, I think that those years in Thailand set me up for the work that I do now. Right. So, yeah. you know, working with, uh, you know, refugees working internationally, um, it just, it all kind of came together there and I just needed to sort it out uh, a little, take a little time to sort out how that was going to look. But then that was really the, the, the launch pad right. for a lot of what I've done since then. Right. Cause you've stayed in the, um, uh, I guess religious NGO arena. Yeah. Faith-based right. NGO. Faith yeah, I've, yeah. I've worked for, for, uh, for, for, uh, Christian NGOs pretty much my entire career. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. that was definitely a great, a great way to see the world. No doubt. Huh? Yeah. 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 It just, uh, to, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was crazy, but, but I think, I think back on, on both of us, you know, like, you know, again, growing up, like if, if, if you and I had had this conversation, Hey, what are you going to, what do you think you're going to do with the rest of your life? Right. When let's just say we were in, you know, 12, 13, 14, I would have never said, yeah, you know, live in Thailand for three years, live in Asia for another seven. So 10 totally. years overseas, yep. you know, my whole career would be, I would have never guessed that in a million years, you know, and that, that, that's how it would all play out, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and, do you, do you feel the same th way totally, about Montana? Totally. Uh -huh. Like, um, I, you know, I, I spent that time with, with Susan and Dave in New Mexico and I would have thought if I didn't meet Alice and if she didn't want to come out West too, I probably would still be in Connecticut. And, wow. um, you know, uh, probably still very much doing outdoorsy things, um, but yeah. not to the same extent um, as, yeah. as I do here. Uh, and my life would, would, be very, would be very different. Um, I think I wanted to come out West uh, and when Alice said, well, let me just put it this way. So I had been out West. I came back to Connecticut. I was working there. If I had it, if I met a different person um, who 
was like wanted to stay in Connecticut and didn't want to move, I probably right. would have, you know, been suited fine for doing what I yeah. did. But when when Alice said, "Oh, I want to go out west," I was like, I was all over it. I'm like, yeah, that's a great right. idea. I want to go too. <laughs> right, right, um, right, right. And so it right. W- so it happened that we came out. Um, yeah. So that was that was uh, that was. I think fortunate in that respects. Um, Mom may not think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you've not been a good son coming to visit her enough. So, <laughs> well, I've, I've, you know, I try to visit. I'm just at teasing. Least once just... a year, but it's it is hard. You're right. It's a long yeah. it's a long way, yeah. and you know, and mom and dad they're older now, and so they're obviously I'm not gonna. I would I don't put demands on them to come to come and see me, but. You know, yeah. years ago, they could have came out a few more times, too, and they yeah, did it. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's fine. Um, but also, you know, with kids and family, and then you do your, your own thing and right. work, you know, life gets a little bit more complicated. Right. And, it does. Yeah. It does. Um, and our kids are uh, our kids are starting to get older now where I can, you know, Alice and I can just take off. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so or send them right. You know, yeah. They, not that uh, not that mom and dad actually want to see us. They want to see our kids. Yeah, they so. want to see the grandkids now. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. So you don't have to take them, right? You can just put them on a plane and they can go themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So to come back to you know um, what we we're originally talking about, you know, Connecticut was uh, really set both of us up. For our for the track that we took, um, and I think a lot of there were a lot of kids, uh, a lot of transplants coming to Connecticut, too. It's very different. Like coming to Montana, it's um, you know I've been here long enough now where and my kids were born here and, and you know I'm 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 a Montanan, but not when I first came here. And it was very much like oh where are you from and and I'd say well Connecticut and they'd their, their response would be like, well, at least you're not from California. Right, <laughs> <You know? laughs> right, right, right. California's really got a Yeah, that's a so bad funny you say here. that, because when I lived in Colorado, they, that was the exact same response. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, so at least I, I had that going for me. But, um, but it was very much a tight-knit community here. Whereas Connecticut, you never responded to people that way. Where are you from? Oh, I'm from California, or I'm from Washington, or... Or I'm from Florida or, or South Carolina. It didn't matter where you were from. Everybody was from somewhere else in Connecticut. There wasn't a lot of, maybe out in the rural areas, uh. there was probably closer net communities, but not in West Hartford, not where Hartford, West Hartford, where we grew up. Um, it definitely, I mean, our friends were... Uh, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that a little bit because oh, I think I think yeah because I think you know all my all my friends growing up in high school I only had one good friend yeah who you know Bob um, who came from Long Island right? right pretty much the kids the kids I went to I went from literally elementary through high school with basically the same kids yeah right with just a few extras so so actually there were you know maybe maybe later in your professional life you're right like you know because there's you know the insurance companies and, right and and, and in the defense industry and all of that. So you get a lot of people from different places coming in. Yeah. But I think growing up, uh, like
like we 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 you know not that they, I, don't, I don't think it was the same as Montana but I think um, yeah I think there was this sense of like these were the kids you know I grew up with basically the same kids right I there was not a lot of you know that's why I think California was so distinct right because right. when you know we want the, everybody on that Stanford campus that school was from somewhere was else. from someplace yeah. else yeah yeah I mean I guess I guess I say that because. Um, and you're right. I mean, I I grew up with the same kids for the most part, except though that they did bus a lot of minorities from Hartford to um, to to Webster Hill to my to our elementary school growing up. It and was so, basically it was one bus. It was one bus. So it those was, kids you know, were called, always, but those yeah. those were from somewhere else. You know, from a different part of town. People I didn't know. I didn't grow up. You know, I didn't live next door to. Right. Um, and but like. You never heard politicians and people saying, I'm a fifth generation Connecticut, you know? Yeah. How would you say that? <laughs> right, Connecticutite, you know? Yeah. Um, nutmegger, right? It's the nutmeg state, yes. so it's a nutmegger, So, right? I mean, you never yeah. heard people say that because it wasn't important. Because we were all Americans, we we're all, you know, and, but even today, it's still, that's still, a, that's still a point. And we've, I've touched on this before. Yeah, yeah we, we've talked about we've that touched, in earlier I've touched podcast, on this before. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's, I'm a little sensitive to it because I am a transplant myself. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, that's, that's something that you don't hear in Connecticut that you still hear today in 2020, uh, that yeah. politicians will say in Montana, I'm a fifth generation Montanan. Um, right. you know, whereas Connecticut, you never heard that. It was just people right. were people. They were here from wherever they're here from and yeah uh, and in some respects more accepting of people from yeah. other places so um, maybe maybe you know i think you know as i think about what you said i mean i think you're right i mean you know, there's a lot of immigration into into connecticut from different parts of of the country and the world and uh so maybe that's maybe that would definitely it feels more than let's say montana which probably has a lot less of that right right yeah Anyway, yeah. so that's my two cents about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want that to be the last word of this uh, yeah. 10, 10 podcast series. So, right. so no, and this has been really actually uh, really fun to do. And uh, I'm excited. I, I know we've got some ideas uh, for some future series. Yeah. Uh, that's not just you and I talking, because I think we're, we, we're, we're, we've definitely uh, talked ourselves out. And, and we so, wore, wore uh, out our welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing are, more are, interesting to say. Some people might think we didn't say anything interesting the entire time yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> this is a, but, uh, a, a no, podcast no. about nothing <laughs> like nothing, Seinfeld, right, right? <laughs> it's a show yeah show so about actually nothing. frank very funny uh, for my birthday uh we uh Silvana got me the complete seinfeld collection so oh. so that make that's really relevant <laughs> it's just a podcast about nothing um but I had fun doing it, though. I will say that. I will say that. Yeah. No, this has been great. I love the, you know, our first five or so episodes where we were doing that in person. Uh, these have been right. great, too. Yeah. Um, but not not as fun as just sitting in the same room and uh, and tem yeah. telling stories and reminiscing. And, right. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll um, next season, we've got some, like you said, some great ideas. And yeah. uh, hopefully we can put all that together and, and make it happen make another uh, another uh, uh, podcast series so yeah. until then and uh, you you stay safe and uh, we'll be I'm sure we'll be in touch uh, real soon sounds good Rick you too thank you for listening to Caravel 
big thank you to Ed Santos and Rick Santos, uh, not only for recording this uh, podcast here, but for allowing us to bring it out to the public and share it with you. We hope that the journey you've taken aboard Caravel today has been a value of your time, but maybe has kind of piqued your interest into your own memories and and maybe you've had a, a nice nostalgic time while listening to it as well. That's our goal here. This podcast was recorded at Top Floor Studio. It is a podcast studio for rent in the heart of Helena, Montana. If you are ever in the area and you are looking for a professional podcast uh, studio or some services to help you put a show together, we would certainly love to help you out. You can reach out to us at Top Floor on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Music for the show today came from EpidemicSound.com. I've been the editor and producer here on the show, Brad Oldhouse, and I look forward to seeing you aboard the Caravelle next time. Take care.